Yeah, how have you been, man? I've been doing really well, man. How are you doing? Not too bad. Enjoy the holiday season, get some rides done. Got some ride. Well, actually, you know what? I enjoyed the holiday season. I didn't do very much riding, but it was nice. It was nice to take a break. Yeah, it's a good time to take a breather, too. Exactly. not too great. Get to see family and friends. Exactly, man. I saw on Instagram, I think you were doing, did you do some bike packing? I did, yeah. Nice. Very, very impromptu bike packing trip. I was visiting a friend in Colorado. I got there, like, just off the plane. I'm kind of drowsy, not really feeling it. You know what we should do? What What, what should we do? I, I just want food at this point. Like, I'll agree to anything. Like, we should go on a bike packing trip. Sure, why not? Let's, let's go for it. <laughs> Like this is at like eight o'clock at night. We left at ten the next morning. I was like, oh, "Why not?" Right? It's good prep for Pan Ams. I wouldn't guess that that's an impromptu like uh, activity. You know, I feel like there's a ton of planning that goes into something like that. So, so did I. It, it <laughs> fairly well though. It was cold, but not too bad. Nice. Yeah. Um. So yeah, dude. You mentioned Pan Ams, dude. You you were 18th. That's a super super solid ride, man. I'm I'm honestly like su- like really disappointed in that to some extent. I um you know the the saying the the shoemakers um kids never have shoes or the the mechanics bikes never actually work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh I was talking to some friends about how bomb proof these American classic cubs have been. I've had them for like 5 years. I rode them for like 3 days. No issues didn't Uh-oh. feel like Got like just past the first pit into that like techie section, free hub let go. I was like, of course this happens. Okay. So anyways, well that, that's a bummer, dude. So did you do the the did you get up and run or did you like the little kick push or did the little kick push and then I yeah. felt it like kind of re-engage? I was like, okay, I'm I'm just gonna ride and pedal the whole time all the way back to the pit. Yeah. But I, after that it was a really good race, really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. That's a Super. bummer though, dude. But that's like I feel like um, you're a pretty chill dude. Like we talked about that in the last time we spoke. And like, I feel like that would make my heart would go through the roof. You know, I would be like, oh my God, it's over with. But I feel like you have been in these situations and you know how to like not overreact. Yeah. And unfortunately it comes with experience, I think. But yeah, yeah. I know in the past I've like panicked and like my next two laps will be like super hot, like match the first lap pace and then just blow up and like coast to the finish line. But it just like don't go any harder because you're already at your max pace anyway. So why blow yourself up trying to get to a position that you're never gonna get to realistically? It's like, dude, when you watch the pros, like I'm thinking of just wow a couple of weeks ago or whatever the last. There's so many races in the last, you know, week with the curse period mm-hmm. when he his chain fell off and you see him just like go to the side of the course and like put the chain back on. He lost a ton of time, but it was just like he was very methodical. It, he wasn't. There was no freak out, you know. Oh, for sure. And like, I can't, is he one by or two by now? I mean, not that it really matters. That's a good question. I think, I think he's still two by, I think him and Matthew are still two by. Yeah. So it makes it a bit easier, but especially with like one by stuff, like it only goes on one way. The moment you panic is the moment you're never going to find the right spot. I know. Take that half second. It's always going to go quicker. Oh man. So when, um, when, when was Pan Am's that was, December second or 3rd, okay like okay that. wow so like yeah. like a month ago over a month ago month ago now yeah what is there an update on are you going to worlds so I believe if I remember I'm remembering the tech guide right I find out on the tenth okay um 
I'm technically with one of the only five people who met criteria and we're supposedly fielding a team of five. So in theory, I should have qualified, but weirder things have happened. So I'm not set on what's going to happen or not, especially with nationals supposed to be this weekend that got canceled. It's so, even- you know, was, was so many questions there for you, dude. Um, yeah. Was cause I saw, I think like most of the U S and Canadian dudes, most of the North American guys, I think are coming home from Europe now. And I was wondering, I was talking to a buddy earlier because I saw that Vandenham was coming home. I was like, oh, maybe he's coming home early because Nats were rescheduled or, or they totally canceled. So they got rescheduled from the last week in November till, well, I guess this weekend. So the 7th, 8th. Um, and then with the mix of the flooding and then now Omicron or Omicron, however you say it, um, they just decided to cancel it. So they canceled both cyclocross and track nationals for this weekend. Ah, uh, okay. So a little frustrating. Definitely not the wrong decision. I wouldn't want to be in the the position of those people to make that call because there's gonna be a lot of angry people either way. For sure, dude. Yeah, so, that's tough. Yeah, it is what it is, though, right? Yeah, exactly. Really, you can't change it. So why get mad about it? Just kind of move on and focus on the next goal. That's all you can really do. So, you know, it's interesting here though, dude, and, and this is the like situation that you're in is like, you're like, training. Cause like, you're still, you don't know if you're going to worlds and like, na- when did they make the nationals announcement? So nationals would have been, I think it was the 17th or something like that. They made the call. Okay. So it, it was actually super frustrating for me. I've been like kind of on the fringe of being burnt out for a little while. So the plan was do nationals, Pan Ams, two week break theoretically qualified for worlds start back up after the after christmas and it's like oh nationals got moved i'll just whatever like i can push it for a few more weeks but have a target to work towards and then we get past the like kind of buffer zone of like oh you can take a break and it won't affect your world's performance and then they're like oh yeah sorry nationals isn't here and i'm like ah so many floating targets i can't (laughs) just let it happen please but again like can't change anything you just gotta keep moving and kind of roll with it yeah yeah, exactly. So what are you doing then? Like, what are, are you, I know like you're, you're pretty op- opportunistic in your training anyways, it's kind of just fitting the time in. So are you still just kind of on that plan? But, and, and second part of that question, are you doing anything specific, like targeted towards the course for, for worlds? Um, yeah, I'm still just kind of fitting it in. Uh, I'm down to quote unquote winter hours for um, the bike shop I work for, so I'm four, maybe five days a week, depending on how hectic or if one of the store owners want to take an extra day. Um, so it makes it a little bit easier to, to fit things in. Um, and our hours have changed a bit, so we just don't go in an hour, or we go in an hour later. So it gives an extra hour in the morning to get training done and not be up at 5 a.m. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so still just fitting it in, in when I can. And I don't maybe I'm doing something specific for the course that my coach is just kind of like sneakily slid in there that I didn't realize, but just like normal cross-ish stuff for me, a lot nice. of just intensity and working on those more like short bursts of power as opposed to those long, slow trudges. So yeah. How are you feeling? I'm feeling <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long year. So I'm, I'm both excited to race and excited for a break. So hopefully, um, Hopefully I get back to where I know I can be. It's, uh, yeah. Like I said, just trying to like fit things in and 
not burn yourself out because if you burn yourself out before you get to that big race because you like push through all this training you're going to be slower than if you're like you know what I don't want to do this training even if no even though I know I should but a day on the bike is more productive than a day not on the bike or yep. a finished ride is more productive than a, a half complete interval session yep so it's as a coach I'm sure you hear that a lot from athletes too it's oh, all the dude for sure balance point especially end of the season yep something yeah. what i what i always say is like something's always better than nothing you know so yeah yeah i think there's a saying about like it's better to oh, i forget how it goes i ignore that thought because i'm my brain isn't gonna make it into it's all good man better, it's all but... good um so yeah i was actually that, that same dude I, I my buddy i was talking to earlier and I, I told him i was talking to you and we were talking about vandenham and if nationals were rescheduled but a question he had kind of on the same point was like if you're going to worlds, which is the end of January, like, dude, you've been training and riding for a long time. What's your plan then for shutting it down? And then when do you pick it up again, you know, for, for 2022? I don't have any definitive plans on, on when to start things up. I really want to just take February off. Um, I have a bunch of buddies that have fat bikes. So go out and just do some fat bike riding and just like joke around and enjoy the bike, but no, like, I'm going to go out and do this like four hour cross country ski or suffer on like my winter training bike or anything like that. I just want to like enjoy the bike when I touch it. Nice. And then come spring, probably middle to end of March um, when the roads are rideable again, just ease my way back into it. And it's, it's a long season. So there's no it sense is. Yeah. being on the gas too early and blowing up by the end of the year do you do you think being like with your more like off-road focus have you do you kind of skew your season to give yourself that break of like okay i don't have to be hit in early season you know like march april i feel like that's kind of like at least in the northeast um where i am like the season starts on the road in march and it's like it was always a pain to like race cross and then try to amp up for march it was like uh, i think i'm just going to skip those early season races so in the in the past I was really bad for like just finishing cross doing a, a North American full Euro calendar. So like Christmas cross onwards and then like hit like the Benelli Fontana XC races at the beginning of the year. Just like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Like do a big training camp before. And then you get to the race and you're like, I'm, I'm KO'd man. Like I need a break and like, you just kind of roll through back the pack. Like, Oh no, this is not how this year's going. And then like, like, oh, I, should, I should just take a break take a break and suddenly you feel better so that, that's always um, I don't always learn from my mistakes that's I did that for way too many years um but this year I'm I'm I've decided to like just focus on on cross for 2022 do like the odd race just to race and be part of the cycling community but not necessarily focus on those off-road events but I'm pretty in agreement with what you're saying. If I were to try and fit both of them in, miss the beginning of the season and just kind of taper through. Now I'm curious, man, like when you say focus on cross, that sounds to me like my first thought was, Oh, like that's got to take the weight off your shoulders. So like, okay, you know, but at the same time, does it switch it around and be like, okay, then when cross season comes, it's like, okay, I got to perform. Today, I'm going to say it's weight off my shoulders. Yeah. September 1st, <laughs> ask me that again, and I'll, I'll probably have a different answer for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I, I think it, it makes it easier to focus on one thing. It's really good to draw from experiences from many different things and to still go out and do 
cross country, gravel, road, whatever it is, just to have something different in your life. But focusing down on one thing, I, I think long term and grand scheme of things is always going to make you better in that one discipline than trying to be an amazing XC racer and an amazing cross racer. Like even looking at Vanderpool and guys like that now, they're only doing like six races this year because they're tired. Yeah. So you can't really do both no matter how good you are. Dude, I'm with you. I mean, I'm 10 years older than you and I'm just figuring this out now. And I, I, I 100% agree. It's taken me, you know, a lot of seasons to be like, okay, Hey, I need to dial it back. Um, you yeah. probably knew you just didn't want to not race. You're like, I know. I want to do all the races. Exactly, and- dude. That's the thing. It's like so much fun. Um, but then it's it's one of those things too, where it's like then you get to the race, you do the early season races, and you're like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this, but my friends are doing it. I'll do it. And then like, maybe it doesn't go well. And then you're like, okay, my season is shot. Like I'm, I'm I have no fitness, you know. And it's like, if I had just you know taken another couple of weeks, you know, or a month, or maybe like two months and like focus on what my actual goals were um yeah yeah just just to like add a bit of a story to that just to i did the what i had said earlier like just like full euro season let's go let's start mountain bike i want to qualify for worlds and and all this i'm a junior at this point like i have absolutely no self-control on what i should be doing or any like self-preservation it's just like race let's go no no stopping i did those two first races in california and like I texted my coach after the first one, I'm like, I'm done. I'm taking six weeks. Like I can't do it. Like I'm I'm there. I'm committed to racing. But I think I rode like three hours between the two races. I just kind of was at the start line because I had paid to be there. I took six weeks off into the first Canada Cup and one of the I think it was the next junior series race. And like barely rode. I think it was five hours including pre-ride in those six weeks beforehand best race I had all year for the first like four out of five laps like oh this is what it feels like to have energy when you're like actually rested blew up because I hadn't ridden but it it just amazing how rest is just as important if not more important than the actual being fit for sure dude and I'm sure you know like you're used to the travel you know but I'm saying but that weighs on you too man all that travel and staying not sleeping in your own bed and just different finding food all that like I was just having a conversation with an athlete and we were like, Hey, he's like, he, he wants to do like more early season races just to get experience. And he's like, Oh, I don't mind traveling, you know, like four or five hours. And I was like, Hey dude, that's, that's great. I'm all for that. But it's like, it comes at an expense, you know, like when your goal races come two months from now and you're all burnt out from being in the car every weekend, you know, it's like, there's, there's a lot there to unpack. It is. And it's like a stress you don't really realize is there until it's too late to like, you, you don't, feel how tired you are in a car until you're like I'm done like I need to like I I don't want to drive to work like I can't do this 15 minute commute like I don't want to look at this vehicle anymore I know man and but you know at the same time the other part of the conversation we had was like and I I try to I always remember this is like I had to go through those experiences to learn what worked for me so it was a little bit of like hey dude like this is just kind of my thought like you choose your own adventure here and you know we'll figure it out but um but yeah it's just kind of something that you kind of just figure out along the way. Oh, for, for sure. And like, everyone's different too. Like what works for you isn't necessarily what's going to work for him too. Yep. Yep. Exactly, man. Um, so yeah, I saw, I saw you said you're doing some, some fat biking rides and I saw you, I think it was your Instagram story. You were doing like a wheelie or something. Um, what do you do? 
is like do you count those is that like a training ride a fun ride it can be a combination of both it's generally a combination of both like i i, I spend i'll say like 80 to 85 percent of my rides i i ride alone so when i have the time or the opportunity to ride with people i always try and like incorporate it into trainings i'm like i don't want to go from riding with a group of people to then later that day be like oh, i need to do my training I'm like i don't i'm done i don't want to touch my bike if this is not as much fun as riding with people i need 12 hours to forget how much fun that was so i can go back to work the next day and, and do a more specific workout but it's generally like those endurance rides or those recovery rides where like if you coast for a little bit the mental aspect is probably more important than those 30 seconds you spend coasting or not being in zone two or, or whatever it might be. So again, like it's that balance of what works best for each athlete. For sure, dude. Yeah. And yeah. especially, especially like putting it in the context of you who you've been traveling so much all over the place, going by yourself, training by yourself. Like you got to have a little shot of fun in there too, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, Probably not. Actually, no, I, I think it's one of my more productive training days is like a Tuesday night fat bike ride I do with a group of buddies. In terms of like actual like riding and like staying in the same zone or like consistent pedaling, not stopping, the worst ride of the week I do all year or all week. But it is so much fun. We do like these weird little side hits and stuff. And like, it's like a skill building ride as opposed to a, a fitness building ride, which again, like it's that balance of like what works for each athlete, but just so much fun and just relaxes, at least me for the rest of the week. I'm like, oh, it's fun. I can go do stuff and suffer now for the next six days until I can do this again. And was, again, just little things. You got to mix it in there, man. Yeah. So dude, I know nothing about fat bikes other than like huge tires, I, but I would love to get a fat bike. Can you hit me with some knowledge? It is the most fun you'll have at, I need to do math now, at six miles an hour. <laughs> um, and it's the only sport I've ever done where the tire pressure matters more than cyclocross. If you're half a PSI off, it like can make or break a ride to some extent if you're like semi-picky on tire pressure. I was still, I was still muted. What do you usually put, <laughs> um, what pressures are you typically running? An, an amount okay I'm, I'm too picky with my cyclocross bike to like actually care on other bikes i just put too much focus on one thing but somewhere around like the three to five psi mark usually okay not not very much in the grand scheme of things and just really really slow pedaling and moving you're like pushing as hard as you can doing like two 250 or 200 250 watts and you're moving at 5k an hour up this hill you're like this sucks so much <laughs> you're like sprint for a downhill you start coasting oh, i'm gonna get so much speed this section's so fun on in the summer and you get like halfway down the downhill and you just like come to a stop you're like oh right okay i gotta sprint again and it, it's it's tight it's tight b fun for sure type two fun okay it's it's better than not riding a mountain bike but if you don't like crashing or riding slow and being super sketchy and squirrely the whole time, might not be the best thing for you, but it's fun. Dude, it's not, anyone. it sounds like great skills practice, man. Or if like anything off road, you know, but, and especially man, if they're going to make cyclocross, um, a winter Olympic sport, man, you got to get out there in the snow. 
so like funny you say that me and um one of the guys i ride with were like this is actually really good cross practice because it's basically just riding a rut for an hour you can't go off the trail the trail is like six inches wider than what your tire is and if you go off you come to a stop and everyone passes you and then you have to sit at the back of the pack and <laughs> it's like super slidey and squirrely so you gotta like ride a corner and it's not like a mountain bike where you can kind of push with your feet and like feel the traction you put any like push with your feet and then all of a sudden the back end just is like nope i don't want to grip anymore and just like start sliding you know like fight it back so you're more riding a flat bar six inch wide tired cyclocross bike than you are a mountain bike but yeah it's fun so talking conditions because i've taken my mountain bike out in snow and it has to be like the right snow you know can you i'm sure you have a wider range that you can hit with the fat bike but i'm from what i'm hearing from you i think like a groomed not when i say groomed i mean like you know like stepped on trail is better than just like loose snow for sure, yeah. Again, it, at least in the area I live, we're super fortunate and have um, a lot of support from our local riding trail association. So we have a few groomers at a few different spots. So we end up having like 20, 25 miles worth of trail groomed at any one time. So there's lots of options and places to ride. Otherwise, you can just ride like snowshoe trails or where people have hiked and it's generally okay. And like for years, I've just ridden my mountain bike on those conditions and just wait for a bunch of snow to fall, get packed down, not snow for a few days. And then you're generally okay. Just have to be really careful of ice patches. But beyond that, you're pretty safe. You ever have a tire blowout? You got to be tubeless on there, right? It's 100% tubeless. It's surprising how many people run tubes because they think that they'll get a flat easier and they don't want to change a tubeless tire in the middle of winter which is kind of backwards because the tubeless tire and the tube is going to pinch more easily than a tubeless tire. Anyways, I don't question it. I just let them do what they want, but tubeless, if you're going to do it, tubeless tire, please. Have have you ever had an issue? Cause that's what I'm thinking of like being out like freezing cold hands, throwing a tube in. I, I personally haven't. Yeah, it usually like the trail's soft enough where if you do get a flat, you can just kind of like gingerly ride back to your car, as long as you don't do anything dumb. Yeah, hit a massive like ice patch, you should be pretty okay. And the thing is also, dude, like just riding your bike, like inevitably something bad is like when I say bad, you're gonna get a flat in a bad spot, like whatever one one time every five years, you know. But yeah. it's not the it's not the norm. No, exactly. Like it, it might just be your day to get a flat. And, like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, down, like, no, I don't know how many times I've just been like, I don't have the time or the energy to change this flat right now. We'll use a CO2. It doesn't see. I'm like, well, I'm just going to ride my rim out. Like, I'm, <laughs> rim. I'm glad these are training wheels, but like, I'm just going to gingerly ride the flattest, smoothest ride out. Anyways. What, um, I do, I'm super interested in the fat biking. What's a good, I know like 45 North. That's like a fat biking. They make like tire. Or I think they make like shoes and gloves and stuff too. Yeah, shoes, tires, they do a lot of pogies too. And the kind of, it's like Max's mountain bike tires. Like it's just the go to brand that everyone either buys or compares themselves to. Yep. Definitely, if you can find them, the way to go. There's not a whole lot of them around right now, but if you can find them, that's the the way I'd recommend. But your shop is going to have preferences. And if they recommend 
something, there's a good chance that product is going to work well. Do you rock the ones with, um, I've seen them with like the studded ones or is that totally, or is that overkill or that's what you should do? I, I mean, like if you're buying tires and it's not the ones that came stock on a bike, I, I definitely put studded tires on. It's been, we've gotten no snow here really. So we have like, I don't know, maybe two inches of snow and it's just ice now. Like if you didn't have studded tires, you couldn't ride your fat bike. And especially shoulder seasons when it's like freeze, thaw, freeze, thaw, freeze, thaw. It's, it's just a safety thing at that point. Yeah. If it's like totally out of, out of the budget, like don't bankrupt yourself to buy studded tires. Just don't ride your bike that day. Yeah. But like if it's not going to bankrupt you and you plan on doing it for a long time, they don't wear out. So. Is there a standard size? I'm thinking like, you know, a mountain bike, I'm thinking like you got like whatever, your 2.1, 2.3, like 2.4. What's like a, is there, I'm guessing there's probably a range for fat bike tires. Four to five inch typically. Okay. Um, yeah. A lot of people do like a 27 and a half, 4.5 or a 26 inch, five inch tire. That seems to be the direction most people go. But again, preferences, you have people still riding 195 mountain bike tires. So yeah. <laughs> it all just comes down to what you like for sure yeah what about dude what's a good like entry level fat bike the fat bike you can find right now okay like <laughs> like any bike yeah I guess. <laughs> like my uh we were supposed to have a bunch of um fat bikes coming in that myself and the two store owners were, were gonna buy i just like ones that we had coming in they got bumped to like the summer so I, my one boss like, oh, like, bro, like I'm thinking about buying this, like these bikes online for like me and my wife and shows me these AliExpress bikes. Like, what do you think? I'm like, whatever you buy, just buy three, please. So like we, myself and the store owners don't actually own branded bikes right now. We just have AliExpress bikes because that's what we can find. So what you can find is a good bike right now. Maybe okay, nice, the, man. Yeah, maybe not the like $200 Costco bike. Yeah, it's a bike. It'll get you out there, but I wouldn't put a ton of faith in it. But any bike branded bike. What? How, how's like the the group set and everything on there? Does everything? I'm guessing everything just functions fine. It functions fine. I yeah. stole most of it off of my like XC race bike, so it's okay. like a XT XTR carbon wheeled fat bike right now with an eight hundred dollar AliExpress frame. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So it, it's a hodgepodge of stuff, at least for me, but most things are like a Dior level or like a NX because it just needs to kind of work in the winter. Yeah. No one's going for records. It's just like a e-bike for most people. Dude, I'm going to check this out. When we get off this call, I'm going to get on yeah. AliExpress and see what I can find. <laughs> just see how many like carbon molded frames you can find. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Buy, buyer beware, out of the three frames that we ordered, none of them were the same. From the, uh, it was from the same site we just had different like drop downs so one guy there's one large two mediums and two different colors all three are different very interesting man so don't order your parts until you have the bike gotcha okay good call good call <laughs> i like this i'm guessing does the do the crank lengths go standard like same as like mountain bikes where it's like always longer uh, 175 it would just be the axle that's different so yeah, okay it would be like 190 mil axle or something. got you okay yeah sweet man yeah. this is awesome man this is a whole world that i haven't explored that um would help me get off zwift which i would be happy with zwift has it, it has a purpose i'm not going to say it's a good purpose but it, it definitely has a purpose for most people <laughs> 
So is fat biking not super popular uh, down where you are? I think it is, dude. I think it's just, I don't get me wrong. I have friends who definitely fat bike, you know, it's like, I feel like it's, it's just like cross racers, you know, it's like everyone's a roadie. And then you have those cross ra- racers chirping in their ears. Like you got to try cross, you got to try cross. And then it gets an even smaller subsect of that is the fat bike guys, you know, who are like, and then, like, but it's, but it's way smaller, you know, it's like the Russian nesting doll it keeps getting smaller and smaller. So that group is just even smaller. Um, and yeah, I've just been like, told to, to try it. I just, um, yeah, I guess I've, it's I also, it's weird in the winter time. I feel like with a mountain bike group, you kind of get together and someone has a bike you can borrow fat biking. I feel like there's less and less bikes to borrow and stuff. Um, that's my long answer. Short answer. Yes. In my opinion, I think it just isn't as popular here. For sure. Yeah. And like, I think like the entry to the sport is pretty expensive too. Cause it's not just, you need a bike. It's you need a bike and I need shoes and gloves and a jacket and like a $2,000 entry becomes a $3,000 entry. Really, I know. And also do when it comes to fat biking too, it's and then weighing that cost. Like we talked about Zwift, you weigh that against Zwift. And it's like, well, I already have a road bike. I just need to buy this $400 trainer or actually they're like probably a thousand dollars now. I don't remember how much they are, but, um, so actually like that, that, that argument goes both ways. Yeah. Um, but Although you can um, get away with Zwift with like a cadence, a cadence and speed sensor now, which is, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'm going right to like the expensive one where it's like, you got to have the smart trainer and everything, but no, you can totally get away with less, less expensive ones. Um, but, uh, and then also thinking about like the quiver of bikes, people are like, I, I, the fat bike is at one extreme, you know? And it's like, okay, I need to probably fill in a few other things before I go to that extreme, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. De- don't look over my shoulder right now. Just <laughs> the mess of things there, but yeah. And, and like, it's a space thing too. Like, do you want to store a bike you can't use for six months of the year? But I guess if you, like, I see, but people always tell me like, oh, then if you go to the beach, you can ride it. And it's like, yeah, I know. I just, I go to the beach. I'm just usually just like sleeping, man. <laughs> just taking a nap, reading a book, relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to update you. I'm going to check out some fat bikes. Please do. Yeah. Let me know what you find. There's, I'm sure that there's gotta be something interesting and cool. Maybe like a hundred mil full suspension fat bike. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely dude. There, there'll be something. But do do, do they actually make do they make full suspension? Salsa made one called the Bucksaw, and it at first I thought was, they don't make it anymore. When I first saw, I'm like, that is the weirdest thing ever, and now I see it I'm like that is so cool. I would love to have like just this like XC travel fat bike. I feel like it'd be a laugh, super heavy, super pointless, but it would just be a laugh. And someone, oh, who is it? There's a company that does like an enduro fat bike. There's a I forget somewhere up in the um. um I feel like it's like up near Connecticut somewhere. They do like a groomed fat bike downhill park. Ah, okay. So they made like some company in that area made a long travel and um, fat bike to ride there in the winter, which is super pointless, but super cool. And I'd love to try it. <laughs> you know what, dude? I just thought of another use for the fat bike. A lot of the smaller cross races, I've yeah. seen they ha- they have fat bike categories. Do they actually? Yeah, I've seen them, at least for like some of the like the New York State ones and stuff. Like these are like small where you get like whatever, you know, 10 guys in a field. But mm-hmm. um, it'd be, that'd be so much fun. That would be super rad. You're like just floating over top of all these ruts, just being like <laughs> a, a boss riding this off camera with no yeah. issue. That'd be sick. 
actually now the more i think about it i think there might be like a whole league you know there might be like a it's just a bunch of like small dudes in in or smaller races in new york um oh, if i find it i'll send you some info on that oh please do. i would love to see like a fixie fat bike category i feel like that is right up some like new yorker alley like there's only two people in the category but like they're super game for it for sure dude i would imagine single speed uh fat bike has got to be a thing for sure at least not in my area okay I could see it like being super popular though because it's like you don't really need to shit you like you're never going in the bottom half of your block like you're only in the easiest gears really so yep. it makes sense to just pick one and yeah nice man what about okay so you, you mentioned the pogies i'm guessing that's probably i feel like that should like come with the bike it's like if you're riding your fat bike you have to have the pogies but like most people are super against them because they look really dorky but they're so warm that it just doesn't matter how dorky they look but they look really dorky Definitely. they were they remind me of when i lived in in the city in new york um like delivery dudes like oh you look like a, you look like a delivery driver but now i'm like all for it i'm like yeah but dude i want my hands to be warm <laughs> i don't want to wear 12 gloves to go for this bike ride i just yeah, want yeah, to yeah. xc gloves and call it a day and yeah i'm i'm all for that i mean we were talking about zwift before and there's something i was going to say um you were saying that there's a there's a point for oh what i wanted to say was so i was i was kind of like you dude i was like anti I wasn't anti-Zwift and I know you're not anti-Zwift. It's just like, you know, it's another training tool. I think you yeah. just like, you like using other training tools more, which is fine. Exactly, um, yeah. I was, I was kind of in the same boat, but um, I've transitioned into riding more like early in the morning, just because like I helps for me, my motivation is better in the morning and whatever in the winter time, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will tell you that for like dialing in my Zwift setup, having like a permanent setup with like, you know, my fan and like my bottles ready to go. That's like a game changer. I feel, you know, um, when you can just like wake up, go downstairs, get on the bike. It's, it's, it does make it pretty, pretty efficient and it makes it pretty nice. You just like load it up on your computer, switch the fan on, go for your ride. Exactly, man. It's nice, you know, but there is something to be said for, which, I, which I miss is like going outside, you know, cause I, that's, that's why you get into riding your bike, right? Like, Mm-hmm. Well, but don't, but, but there are people who get into riding like just for Zwift, which is fine. You know, like esports is a thing. Um, oh, sure. yeah. Well, even like my dad is like, he loves riding the trainer in the winter. I've met like most of my friends don't ride a ton of the trainers or does, don't spend a time, ton of time on trainers. My dad, I come home like after work and he's on there like just sweating buckets. I don't know how you do it. Like I'm, I'm going to applaud you to this, but like that's. So like, like you said, like there's people who just do it for different reasons. He does it because he wants to have a workout and like he feels good after he works out and he likes yep. riding the bike. But yeah. Is he is he like on Zwift or RGT or something or is he just getting the workout in? He goes on Zwift and just does one of their like training plans. Nice. Just has a, uses a trainer that we had in the basement from when I never used it. <laughs> it's, it, dude, it's crazy how Zwift though makes riding inside so much more like enjoyable it gamifies it you know it just it does, yeah. yeah and it's really good for like specific training too like it, it's especially in the winter it's so hard to go out and do like a five minute interval on winter roads when you're like i don't really know where the, there's grip i don't want to like be max effort and all of a sudden hit a patch of ice and not know what to do so it does make it really nice to like dial in training in that sense too and like actually have efficient workouts as opposed to unefficient workouts outside again back to that balance thing like what what works best for you exactly and what your goals are i'm like a stickler 
for myself and for my athletes for when you do an endurance ride, staying in the endurance zone, like, mm-hmm. I don't want you to come back and have an hour of zone one, you know, like just ride a little bit harder and keep it zone two. And the nice thing about Zwift is like, I've been doing these two hour rides in the morning and you can keep it at like less than two minutes of zone one. It's just like super nice. You know, it's like, you can, you can really dot, you have complete control over your environment and your Watts. Like it's nice. It's like bordering on like lab conditions almost. Of I know. Yeah. Yeah. Which can be super, super nice. I'm, I'm definitely for Zwift in that, in that sense. Um, okay, so I got another fat biking question for you. Yeah. Are sure. you, when you're gearing up to go for a ride, are you, do you have to worry about like your bottles freezing? Are you putting anything in there? Or it's just like, eh, if it happens, it happens. Most people do like an insulated bottle of sorts. Okay. It's really bad for drinking. So I'll have like a bottle on there and then forget I have a bottle, finish like an hour and a half ride. Be like, oof, I really should have drank something. I'm only 10 minutes from or 10, 15 minutes from home. So I'm like, ah, I'll just drink something when I get home. And as a coach, I can like see you visibly cringing right now. But <laughs> yeah, that's my, my bad habit. But no, the mo- most people do like have an inflated bottle or, or okay. something, or even yeah, just yeah. it on the road. It's nice to have water when you need it that isn't slush. I've seen some people do like a two bottle system where they put one bottle on the bike and one in like a back pocket, like back jersey pocket. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. And then you stop the top of the hill, just swap them. It's like not totally frozen. You can still drink out of it. The other yep. one kind of thaws a bit. That's so smart, man. Solutions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Now you, I can't stop thinking about like getting a fat bike and like gearing it up, you know? Like that sounds like a great winter project. Oh, it's so much fun. It, it, it is the most fun you'll have at six miles an hour, like period. Uh, yeah. That's like, dude, my, one of my favorite things about getting a new bike is like putting like all the little small details on it, you know, like changing out, like maybe like some, some bolts, you know, you put like some titanium, like, you know, like oil slick stuff, you know, um, you it's on, cool. Like, your grips or like your seat. You're like, Oh, it's so cool. Like, yeah. 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 I love doing the pedals last. You like just get that like satisfying, like glass little like nudge. Like, oh, okay. I can go for a ride now. Like, yeah. 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 How, is the is your fit is your setup on the fat bike any different from like like purposely different from anything else or is it just kind of like whatever works for you i tried to match it to what my enduro bike is um just because i feel super comfy on it but the geometry is so different that i'm like i'm just uh, i did it for like two rides i'm like okay i need to change like everything now like yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna like change the position of the seat a bit i'm gonna raise the bars a little bit more change this the tilt on the handlebars and like where my brake levers are i'm like oh this feels better okay we're good now yep we can ride again but dude i did the same thing when i when i first got my mountain bike i remember this like trying to make it similar to like my cross bike setup and it's just like okay maybe like it's a good starting place but dude the the frame's just completely different you gotta you gotta ride it so uh, that reminds me there's this trend this would have been like four or five years ago at least in like canadian cycling where all the pros who were given like bikes and stuff like that, I'm not going to say any names, but they'd try and like match their position, their mount, their, they try and match their road position to what their mountain bike position was. And like their handlebars would be up like this and like these super awkward angles. I just look at it like, you're like riding, like actually upright. And then you look at a photo of them on their mountain bike and they're like, they're like hunched over and like super aggressive. I'm like, how is this? Like I would have been like a junior cadet at this time. And we'd see it at like a training camp and we'd all look at it like, how does this, 
<laughs> you, but like, I don't, I don't see the the idea here. Why don't you just make yourself comfy for each bike and like work slightly different muscle groups because you're gonna be balanced between bikes. I know, man. I don't know. It's but at least maybe it's good that they did that experiment, and now we know not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, they suddenly realized, oh, that was a bad idea, and everyone else is like it was a bad idea it was like trying to be that supportive friend that was super against it like mm-hmm. i'm not gonna tell you i was right but i'm just gonna sit here and nod my head and you know where my mind goes studio when you're talking about like being more upright it makes me think of vanderpool now with his with his back issues which i'm saying but, but that dude's on a different level like i'm saying he's ridden so much you know from a young age um but i am i've been curious if like that's been caused from him like maybe being too arrow or a weird bike setup i mean he's also had crashes and stuff too you know yeah i'm, I'm sure the olympics didn't help but it, it would be interesting to know whether he was like um oh my brain is not working but like because of what you're saying like the positions he was in his back wasn't as strong as it could have been so that crash was made worse because of it yeah because oh, like man. it it always amazes me like the positions those some of those pros are in to be like super aero and I, I get like aero is important but when the average speed is like 22k an hour like if you raise your bars up a bit you'll have more control bunny hopping is easier and you can change line lane or change like lines and stuff at least personally like, i don't why well, would don't slip it anyway it hurts my brain but that's also because that's what works for me being yeah i might work with best for them but he's all he's always had a super aggressive fit i feel Mm -hmm. like it's always been like a massive saddle to bar yeah yeah anyways um who so wow is out for worlds um matthew's out Mm -hmm. who who's your pick who do you think is i want to say pidcock but i don't think pidcock's gonna win i don't think the course is gonna suit him super wide it's hard to say. I'd like to see Ilya Zerbit win. I don't know why. Okay. But I'd like to see him win because he's always been like just on the like fringe of being there. And then every year, like something or someone would like come out of the woodworks and be like, surprise. It's like, oh, right. <laughs> but yeah. You, you know, so I've, I've speaking of, of, of Ellie there, I was never a huge fan of his. But like over the years, dude, he's worn me down because he is such a good technical rider, dude. And he just, he's always there and you can tell like he wants it, you know? Um, so it, I agree with you, dude. It would be nice. It, maybe he doesn't win. I would like to see it be a battle with him and maybe Pidcock or Quentin Hermans, who I think he won. I think he won on that course, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 I think that'd be a good battle. And like, I think it would be cool to see Ellie and pidcock battle each other because they're both like five foot eight compared to like vanderpool and wout who are like six foot three or something like just yeah. total like david versus goliath battle just is just david battle like that'd be kind of cool but that would be cool man i just hope it's a good race yeah yeah and i think on the women's side i don't know i think no i don't know if anyone's gonna mess with brand lucinda she's just like on fire i don't i don't think so either i yeah. think she's It'd be cool to like see an underdog win again, but like, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I mean, Roche, it'd be cool to see Magalie Rochette do. I mean, of course, I'd like any of the North American, you know, um, but Magalie, she's been, she, I think I, I read that she, didn't she have like a cold or something? She's been a little off. 
I think she was on the podium today, I want to say. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. Maybe maybe it was yesterday she was on the podium. I think that would be cool, too, because I know, like, that's been a huge target for her and David the last number of years, I guess, now. But yeah, it'd be really cool to see a North American win. Because has that ever happened? Um, A world champion? I, I don't – they haven't won. They've been – I want to say maybe Jonathan Page was, like, on the – the podium or something like third or second or something i can't remember i did, I did katie i oh oh i yeah. kate katie yeah. very well may have yeah yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't even thinking about her yeah yeah it'd be cool to see that happen again though yeah be like because it's there's a lot of like younger north americans too that are killing it right now in europe and it'd be really cool to see like a slightly older rider bring that back and just add more motivation and like fuel to that like next generation of riders dude for sure i think it's i think in five years time it's going to be really interesting to see how just cycling in general evolves with these younger athletes and it'd be cool to see some of like those bigger races come to north america to follow these racers i I think that'd be really good for the sport as a whole that's just my two cents on it dude i totally agree you know that's i feel like the next generation there dude yourself included like that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome i'm thinking of like i know like i don't know him but andrew strohmeyer like he's crushing it i do you know, i don't i don't follow some of the younger canadian guys like outside of yourself who, who are the other guys like to so, watch i forget his last name but there's luke uh, oh luke valenti and and ian Ackert on the men's side i think luke came fifth at ball in junior which is insane for because that's always a huge race and then the um Holmgren twins Ava and Isabella on the women's side um they've been doing really really well over there as well so it, it'd be really cool to and all of them are from Ontario like Aurelia ish and Luke is from Toronto so it's all like this super small cluster of riders that are absolutely killing it and then there's honestly probably a half a dozen more outside of that that can compete with those riders as well so uh, it'll be cool to see what happens in five years time when they're u23 or or elite for sure man you know this makes me think of and i i may have asked you this question before um and i know it's it's complicated but if you had the opportunity like say like the the belwaza lions came to you and they're like hey we want to give you a one-year contract would you, I feel like that'd be a tough decision. I'm just, I'm just going to stop answering my own question. What would you consider that? I, I definitely would. I think that'd be an amazing opportunity just to try something different. Um, I'm a big fan of, of trying new things uh, and I'm trying to be more spontaneous. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, F it. Why not? Let's spend a, a, a season in Europe and try it. I know I had a, a friend who didn't have a great experience when something like that happened. So I'm a little wary. Um, but I think that would be super cool to to do that and to see how things actually work and operate as opposed to the North American view. Because I think it's very skewed thinking like all these guys have like all these mechanics paid for when really it's not that. So it'd be cool to see what all the ins and outs are as well. And and even like moving forward, like if I didn't stay that, like, okay, how can I change my setup to better work with me after having this experience? Because that's my long roundabout answer. No, I think that's great, man. You know, I I feel like there's a a lot of things I want to comment. One thing in regards to like how romanticized these athletes are. I just, I didn't know this. This is like one small thing that um and this could be a covid thing too maybe this isn't always the case but the riders 
um, are responsible for like all of their like pre and post race, like who's going to take their jacket, who's going to give them a bottle, who's going to take their bottle, who's going to give them like have their backpack of stuff. And usually it's always like their girlfriends or wives or significant others, whatever partners. Um, but yeah, you, you just think that it's like, okay, the team just has all this stuff, but it's just different. You know, it's just a different setup. Yeah. It's, they give you like equipment and a salary and it's up to you to decide what you want to do with that. Yeah. Whether you're paying for a salon year to be at the race or even mechanics, like they don't supply mechanics unless you're like the top rider on the team. And usually at that point you have a mechanic you trust. So you're going to bring that mechanic with you. Yep. It's like you have to pay for that mechanic to be at these races, which like as North Americans, like, I didn't know that up until a year and a half ago. I thought, oh, like all these, like, they're, they're all like these older Belgian men who are like, don't look like athletes. I'm like, oh, like they're just paid by the team to do this. Like, well, that makes sense, but that's not the case at all. It's different, dude. It's like, yeah, so I, there was, there was a European, there was a guy on a team that I was trying to do an interview with and it, it fell through, but those were all the questions I had for him of like the ins and outs. I'm like, I, you know, I don't want any trade secrets here, man. I just want to know like, what's it like? How do you get a mechanic? You know, like, how do you, how do you guys get to the course? You know, how long do you stay at the course? Stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I feel like I pieced this stuff together from like watching like Carrie Werner videos and Caleb short stuff about like him, like, hiring a, a mechanic and stuff you know it's just it's all the things you don't think about for sure and like especially i think looking at like the north american teams too like if you race up the, all these north american races like it's pretty evident that the mechanics are paid by that team to be the mechanics for that team so we have this like outward view of that's how it always is which i mean is amazing for north american teams like it's it's uh, it'd be amazing rocking up to a team be like you know i don't have to do anything i just need to show up everything's going to be dialed i don't have to worry about like any ins and outs of anything i just get there and do my thing sure it might be like getting from the hotels wherever or booking a hotel but it's pretty minimal where it's like we said like that's not the case always yep that's interesting man um one other quick thing i think like you know how um, have you ever seen like the videos or photos like all those like team vehicles like all the campers and stuff yeah could be mistaken but i think i heard something once that like they the teams don't own those those are like riders like partnering together mm. on those and like either renting them or like leasing them for the year and then like the team just pays to get them like stickered up that's, that's interesting the- dude that's very interesting i did see a side by side of Pidcock's Ineos um next to like somebody else's and it was just like oh my god like a mega yacht next to like you know like uh, uh well, there's nothing <laughs> two racers now for Ineos so yeah I mean they just need everything I guess for I know <laughs> yeah and speaking of that dude for Ineos I'm curious if Magnus Sheffield if they're gonna let him that let him if he's gonna race some cross you know um I don't know he's yeah he's transitioned more into a road guy but maybe we'll see i'd hope so yeah it's always nice to like see athletes like go back to what they're doing like who is that desnick um quick step guy who races cross what else is gonna bother me steve r steve r yeah because yeah. he has a ton of cross and that's always so cool to see he never does super well anymore but he's always like at the races like yep. just in a fun off season well he's like a huge draw you know what dude you know what clicked for me 
there was they were we were talking i was talking to someone we were talking about wow and they were like oh you know he's he's why does he even race cross anymore he's only doing a few races and but yeah this is like before he came back and now he's crushing it and but i was like dude, it's part of his brand and like the belgian people love him you know at all the they it's like him being at the races is a huge draw for the venue for everyone and um and also for the team you know like jumbo visma like that's huge they can post about it he's winning all these races you know it's i feel like it's it's a win in every direction and like i'm sure he gets paid so much start money too to be there like i i'm sure like if he had like a contract for like five races in a series like i would be surprised if he was walking away with anything less than like ten thousand amer or ten thousand euros to do that series oh for sure they charge like 15 bucks to get into a race or 15 euros to get into a race. And I'm sure there's at least a hundred or there's probably like 500 people who go there just to watch Wout. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. Like actually like I, I was fortunate enough to like start near Stebar in one race. And I remember like first lap, like going through this like fast section at Degum and I couldn't like my ears were ringing from like people yelling and shouting like Stebar as we went through this like fast cobbled section I, like mi- almost missed a corner because I was so dazed by how much noise and cheering there was like, oh. like I, it's insane like the support like those clubs and those rider groups have for those individual riders it's it's really cool to see well it's like watching the live coverage and usually you know like they only focus on like if it's a matthew race they just show matthew out front like by himself right but when Stebar is there they'll always do a cut to show him like wherever he is oh he's riding in 30th place but it's just like, like once a lap you have to see where Stebar is yeah. yep yep actually one, one more really one more thing on this i remember i did ball the last year um sven raced it and I was fortunate enough to be in the pit with Cycling Canada because they wanted the juniors on the trip to like learn how things happen in the pits. It was a learning experience, blah, blah, blah. And you knew where Sven was on the course just from the cheering. It was so loud. You could hear him over the pressure washer, over the announcers, over everything at all four corners of the venue. It was the most insane thing. And it's like, I have photos and in the pit, you could see people like five and six deep just trying to like see a peak of Sven go up a hill. Anyways, that's my side tangent story. That's awesome, dude. Dude, I'm thinking Tebow. Tebow is my pick for the for the U23 men. He's yeah. he seems to be on fire right now. I I don't think many people are gonna come in the way of him in, in the next few years. Yeah, I think he's gonna be one of the few to hopefully challenge like the Wouts, the Vanderpools, and Pidcock. I think it'll be nice to see a, a change of the card in some sense, or at least a challenge of the card. What do you think about, there's been a lot of talk of the other guys, like the, 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 like Ellie and Venture and how, and all those guys that they should, they should race more on the road. And I think I read an interview saying that like they, they try, but their team doesn't get invited to these races. You know, do you think that that would, that's a kind of, I, I use, this isn't the right word, but I'm going to like, that's what they're lacking. You think to keep up with these other guys? Yes and no. I could see it being like demotiva- uh, demotivating to not be invited and like have these other guys invited to all these big races and like your team's not selected and have like a boohoo attitude. But I also think like they just have, like Ellie has the like 2% that none of us have. Admittedly, like I'm never going to compete at that level, no matter how hard I train, no matter how much I sacrifice. Like that's just 
not in the cards for me and I'm okay with that. But those other three, they have the like 0.1% that none of us have and none of us can ever dream of. And I think there's a physiological thing that separates them. I don't think there's any amount of work those guys can do or racing or coaching above doping that's going to get them to that level consistently. I think like they might have like those three races a year where they're like riding out of their skin and they can compete and they can beat those guys. But I don't think it's ever something that's going to happen consistently. Like there's something atomically or physiologically different. That's my take. No, I think, I think you're right. I think you're exactly right, man. And, And at the same time too, it's like, Yes, you it, it's you can't, but I was going to say like their goals are different, you know, like I'm, I'm sure yes, Ellie wants to do those races, but it's like he's all in on across he's a cross guy, you know. Um, so, but, but who knows, I think it will be interesting to see if those guys doing some road races, like I know they're doing Kermesis and stuff too, you know, it's like, it's not like they're not racing on the road. It's just like a different level because Kermesses like are fast, but like, they're not. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, I dude, Kermes compared to whatever. Wow, and those dudes doing Perry Roubaix, it's just different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a different type of racing. It's not. A, I've never done a Kermes, admittedly, but from hearing talking to friends who have, it's like it, they're two different types of racing. Like you can't compare the two at all. Yeah, but it, I, I do think like doing more and like broadening their horizons would help but would it help to that level to make them that much faster like if Wout's one percent faster over the course of an hour i think they could bridge 0.5 of a percent maybe make it closer and more exciting for us as viewers which would be amazing because men's racing has been boring the last number of years for sure dude that's why dude i think the worlds could be super interesting and i was gonna say i think in this to this point that i'm like kind of making or this this question i'm posing quentin hermans who he did like i think his biggest road season this year i think he raced i don't know what grand tour he did came into the cx season super hot you know and like i think he's had a a better season than usual you know but who knows if it's just from racing on the road or hours on the bike or a different training program like there's so many different things there but that being said like if if you look at it that way like you say hours on the bike he's had sure he might have more hours on a bike which to some extent is always going to make you faster but he's had more things to focus on it's not i'm starting my schedule in march to be fast until february it's oh i'm starting in march but i have this grand tour i need to be fit for so i'm going to do all these base miles now and like get that in and then i can kind of tailor my training to do my role on the team take a a mini break whether that be a week or two weeks and be like okay mental reset let's start a new season so he's had two seasons in the course of one season i'm not entirely sure what point i'm trying to get out of that no i i hear you there dude i'm saying it's just a lot to balance yeah it's a lot to balance but you're like segmenting your year as opposed to it being six months to do one thing it's three months to do something really really well it's like I read this in a book the other day. If you giving yourself more time to do something doesn't make you better at doing it or make you more productive in those hours, it just gives you more time to procrastinate. Pro- procrastinate. So if you give yourself two hours to go to the shop, even though it only take um, go to the get groceries, even though it only takes you an hour, 
you'll find a way to spend two hours at the grocery store because you don't have anywhere to be. So maybe Quentin Hermans is doing that same thing with the season. He's like, well, if I gave myself six months to be fast, it'll take me six months to be fast. If I give myself three months to be fast, be fast in three months and then can specify my training. There. I like that, dude. That's a whole different way of thinking about it. Yeah, it's just my opinion. I'm not a coach by any sense. So like grain of salt here. This is just like a third perspective in a sense. But I like it, man. No, no, no. This is this is interesting. I'm going to think on this. But also, I feel like the point I'm making is totally contradicting what we initially started with, which is like, take your time. You know, I guess I, I but I look at the pros, I think, with a different lens, you know, of like, because it is, it, that's like when you, it's those small, it's that, it's that race winning attack on the last lap, you know, and it's like, what do you need for that? Whereas you and I, like I'm saying me much more than you, much more than you, I'm dropped on the first lap, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so then like on, on that point though, like those guys, like their job is to ride their bikes. You and I, or most people probably listening to this, their job is their job. Like you have to do something and that takes up both time energy and money to some extent to to do and to do well and that's what gets you through day to day that pays for your mortgage your food your everything so like you have to sacrifice something uh, like you you have to sacrifice something in cycling in order to survive where these guys if they sacrifice something in their jobs that's cycling like it, it's you can't really sacrifice something in your job because your job is what you love or is cycling yep kind of convoluted in what i'm saying but no dude i think look at it too you know i was just reading this book and um i said this to somebody else recently and like this wasn't the whole point of the book but it was just it was this time trialist and i can't remember the guy's name um but he was he's like that's what he did for he was a professional cyclist every decision he made on a daily basis was either this does this make me faster or does this make me slower and it's like that's kind of it's like an unfortunate, but like that's kind of what the mindset those guys have to have because that's their job, you know. Um, and yeah, there are sacrifices to be made in in both directions, for sure. I, and like same, like on that same vein, and like back to like just the average Joe doing it. Like, it's not is this going to make me faster? Is this going to make me slower? It's is this going to make me faster? Is this going to make me slower? Is this going to make me happy? Is this going to hurt my job performance? Yep. And you're constantly trying to balance those four things as opposed to those four things are really just, or I'm sure the list is like 15 or 20 yeah, things, yeah, yeah. Right? time with family, like investing, planning your future. Like there's a thousand other things in there, but those guys, it's everything is one. There's no separation for sure. Which I'm just kind of like ringing that same bell, but just putting it in a different light. I like it, man. Dude, we've been chatting for an hour. Has um, it really been an hour? Yeah, I know it, it is been going by fast. <laughs> let's um, let's call it here, and dude, let's do a follow up. Um, let's, I'll, I'll, I'll message you in a couple of days when, when, when you hear about World Dude, fingers crossed, man. I'm really hoping that you, you are there. Um, and then um, we'll, we'll, we'll chat. For sure. Yeah, I'm like, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, hopefully with good news. I know, man. Awesome, dude. Dude, thank you so much for chatting um good luck with the with the riding and i'll hit you back with some some fat bike info when i find it oh please do i want to see like, please like the best and like also the most sketchy like, <laughs> for I, sure you want to see the, the the two sides here awesome all right dude have a good night yeah thank you you too see you man see you